Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never in the building. Yo, what up? We got DJ D Miles. Yo, what's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah, what up, what up? And we got a special guest. We're going back to New York for this guest. You know, Bronx bound, Cambodian DJ. Boogie down, Bronx. Boogie down, Bronx, Bronx in the house. <laughs> you know, might might be the only Cambodian I, I know from the Bronx, which is crazy. I know, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a heavy hitter. He's on Hot 97. He's G's, he's DJ, E-40's DJ. He's a DJ for a bunch of West Coast motherfuckers and Bay Area motherfuckers, but he's from New York. <laughs> We got DJ Quiz in the building. Quiz, what's yes, good? Sir. What up, man? What up, what up, what up, what up? How does it feel being the only Cambodian from the Bronx and shit? <laughs> I'm, I'm, definitely not, <laughs> I'm definitely not the only Cambodian from the Bronx. Is there, is, is, there, is there a Cambodian community in the Bronx that I've never heard about? Yeah, all over Fordham, all over Allerton. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know this. Really? <laughs> See, there, there is, but I was never around it. I grew up in a whole completely different neighborhood, so... You have a pretty crazy story. Like you, you grew up in a uh, in Thailand, right? I was born in Thailand, right? In a refugee camp. Wait, can Can you explain that though? What like <laughs> refugee camp? So, I mean, <laughs> you just said just it like, like this is. You said, said it like it was nonchalant. Like, I know. You you said like, it yeah. like you said it like it was it was a hospital in Queens or something. You know, at the yeah, refugee camp. Uh, so pretty pretty much like you know back in the seventies and uh, you know like Cambodia had this whole genocide kind of thing and uh my family escaped cambodia um and when we when they got to the border of thailand which was like a refugee camp for all the you know you know everybody's fleeing that's when i was born and then um i think three months or six months later they we moved to the uh to the states to new york so i pretty much lived in new york my whole life mm -hmm. you know but i was born in thailand in a refugee camp and there wow. was and there was like some type of civil war going on right what? Yeah, it was something going on. It was something civil, civil war going on. I, I mean, the stories my parents would tell me is like vague in my mind now. But it's I heard thousands of war stories about that. You know, what I mean, it's there's a whole bunch of us. That's why it's like when you say the, the you don't know anybody from the Bronx that's Cambodian, but it's like the huge population, right? Really? I mean, there was there was mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it was on Fordham Road, like I said, Allerton Avenue, mm -hmm. um, Zariga on that side, but a lot of people moved to like. Lowell, Massachusetts, and the West Coast. Yeah, I gonna say there's a huge Cambodian population in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Like you know what I mean. So like Cambodian, like um, Pacific Islander, like that's what I knew. So I, when you said like you were Cambodian, I was it blew my mind a little bit. I was like, what? I didn't even know they had mad Cambodians like that <laughs> on the East Coast. That's crazy. It's funny because growing up, sometimes like they'd be like, "You Chinese or you you're Vietnamese?" And they're like, "Nah, I'm like Cambodian." They'd be like, "Oh, yeah, okay." You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't. They didn't they didn't know what Cambodian was, but um, when I started like, you know, traveling, doing shows in the West Coast and stuff like that, like I would first thing they would assume I'm Filipino, but then I say Cambodian, be like, oh yeah, 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 you know, I'm like, all right, cool, I get it. You guys in West Coast knows, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny. Like when you were growing up in the Bronx, like in New York, right? So like mm -hmm. when I was growing up, like it was like Asians were never around. Like I was like maybe me and maybe like 10 blocks away or a block away was like maybe another Chinese kid. You know what I'm saying? But right, it, right. Felt, it felt like I was the only one. You know, is that how same, you... Same thing same here. Thing, right? Same thing here. So like growing up in 180, um, it was, a, it was a, whatever, it was like an apartment. Um, a lot of the people who migrated here, whatever, they like a few apartments left over. They just put us in that building. 
And then when my father moved us, we moved to Boston Road, it was the projects, right? So we're the only Asian Cambodian family in a predominantly 90, 100% black neighborhood. It was just us sticking out as a sore thumb. Besides like my family, I would never really around like a big Asian community, but I would always go to the function as a kid because my parents would drag me and stuff like that. But you know, as I'm older now, I embrace it you know, as hell, it's crazy. It's it's so weird growing up like that, right? I, I just yeah, like, it is. Because like I, when I'm in a room full of like a lot of Asian people, I don't feel the most comfortable. I feel like like I don't really know. Like I I, I feel like I feel like wow, like this is crazy. Like it's overwhelming. <laughs> but I, right, I, right. I I also feel like a distance. Like I totally get it. Nah, it's the same thing with me. Sometimes like when I, like I said, when I'm around like just family is fine. But then I like when I go to like a setting or a club and I'm like a room full of Asian people and I'm like. All right, this is different. You know what I'm saying? But I can get down, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, never wait. You met Quiz first, right? You met him at Light yeah. here in Vegas, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Like maybe it was two years, two or three years ago? I would say like 2018. Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. had just joined Scam also, right? At the time. Yep, I just recently got on Scam. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that year. Was yeah, that- man, because I was like, yeah, who's this guy, man? Who's, <laughs> who's, <laughs> who's this guy I'm opening for? Nah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, he's cool. He's cool. <laughs> he's from the Bronx. He gets a pass, you know? Exactly. Like, you for the Bronx? It. All right, my <laughs> man. You're good, man. <laughs> now, because I, I remember never hit me. He's like, yo, you know Quiz? And I'm like, nah, I never, you know, I don't know Quiz. And he's like, from New York? I'm like, from New York? I'm like, nah, like, I never, I never heard and shit like that. And he, you know, he told me you did light. You said you killed the shit, you know what I'm saying? No, I appreciate it. No, no, no. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I, but I, I was, I was wondering, like, was is that was that your first time in Vegas, kind of spinning or not? Solo wise, yes. Uh, we did. I've been in Vegas like 2017, 16, when G had a residency at Dre's uh, when it was early on, mm-hmm. and we did that a few times and stuff like that. So, but uh, solo gig, I mean, light was the shout to John Petty, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, shout yeah, to John he Petty. He's the homie, man. That's yeah, another New yeah. York. That's a New York head for real. Uh-huh. Queens, yeah, that's yeah. my guy. <laughs> Wait, so I I gotta get this out the way because I'm so curious. You, you, All good. You, you're Jeezy's DJ, and I think you DJed for E40, right? So, I DJed for E40 a couple of times. Um, I did one full tour with him, and uh, I filled in like a couple a uh, couple shows here and there. So, uh, predominantly G's DJ though. Jeezy, how did you yeah. how did y'all link up, man? How do you, you know? How do you become Jeezy's DJ when you're in New York and he's in the Bay? Like, there, there's so many DJs in the Bay. Why did he pick Quiz from... I know there's so many Bay Area DJs that are hating, too, right? They're, no? they're like, right now, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> like, how the now, fuck I, did that happen? Yeah. I mean, uh, I hope there's no hate. I mean, it's just... Uh, no, I'm sure they I mean, hate. long story... <laughs> no, I'm sure it's hate. I'm sure they hate you. <laughs> oh, man. Because Jeezy is so... They, so they're, burning, they're burning their Yankee hats. <laughs> Just hearing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so he's so like he's so Bay Area. He's know? so Bay. Yeah, he's probably one of the biggest artists in Bay Area right now. Out. And, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. And then Bay Area I'm, DJs are so proud to be Bay Bay Area DJs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the uh, Bay Area music is so like it's so like Bay Area. You know, it's like it's this whole uh-huh. other world. So uh-huh. then him picking a New York DJ. You know, from the Bronx. I, you're from the Bronx. <laughs> Not even I mean, New York for the Bronx. Who's Cambodian? I mean, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I just, like, I just want to rub it into the bay, just you know, like a yeah. little bit. Nah, it's, uh, like I have one thousand percent respect for the bay, man. Like, I mean, long story short, I, mean, I was working at Hot ninety seven. 
Yeah. Uh, I was like uh, 2010 ish. And uh, I was blogging for the staging for the website. I was working for enough. Uh, and uh, his stuff came across my plate. And um, I was like, yo, E, yo, this kid got it. This is like slick back Gerald, like fresh. Like, nobody really knew him, but he like his videos had like 5 million views already. And I was like, yo, like enough, yo, you got to interview this kid. So I emailed him, literally, I went to his website, gz.com, emailed him. I was like, yo, this, my name is DJ Quiz. This is what I do. I'm at High 97, blah, 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 blah. Whenever you guys are back t- in town in New York, I'm going to bring you up to the station so I can introduce you to the, you know, the program director, uh, music director and all that stuff, get you some interviews, whatever. And literally four hours later, his manager hit me back on the email. We'll be in town next week. So ever since then, we've just been the homies. Like, you know, whenever they come to town, they would check in, I would check, you know, whatever. Whenever they had like a, a New York City event or something, I would just DJ for them, you know, I was just the homie. And then like 2013, 14, they, they tried me out for a tour. It's like, and uh, she was like, you want to come on the road and never go back home? I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and we've been on the road like ever since like 2013, 2014. And like the first tour he like I went on with him was the the Drake versus Lil Wayne run. Wow. Mm. Oh yeah, because so, he was being represented by uh Drake's old manager, Cortez, right? Yeah, so he he was like managed by uh a blueprint, I think it was what it's called now, those guys and stuff. So I mean I, I wasn't a, it wasn't official until like the actual one of his own tour, but like the first test was like, all right, we're gonna test you out on this on this run. So we fuck with you, see if you got it. And that was it. Wait, wait, wait where, where was the test? Where was the test? What city was it? I remember I bombed in one city. Um, Which one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we want another. How, how did you bomb? <laughs> <laughs> but you but played was, too much East Coast shit, right? <laughs> nah, it's, it's yeah, it's something like that. It was like it was like a four city run. We did like a lot of the West and Southwest states. It was like four or five cities, and we did like a local show in New Orleans and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I think one of the shows it was just like still new to his, still new to his his vibe, and I. I I knew his music and all, but it was just like the chemistry wasn't quite there. And then he just, I felt like he gave me like a wrong cue and I dropped a wrong record. He just looked back and he just started rapping, right? He giving that look like, okay, you fucked up. All right, <laughs> we'll just keep it going. Wait, so so when you go on a tour with, with, uh-huh. with like G-Eazy, right? You're on tour. Yeah. And, uh, and so like, is he just calling audibles during the show kind of thing? Or do you have to kind of feel it out? Because like from an outside perspective, right? I would think yeah. like not me, but some some random motherfuckers, right? They might think, you know, all you got to do is play Jeezy songs, and that's nah. it. You know what I'm saying? And what's so hard about that? What's so hard about being a rapper's DJ? Like, you know, you just play nah. their songs and 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 blah blah blah. People would think tour, being a tour DJ is like amazing, right? It's easy, like you said, right? Just right. play his records or whatever, and then people go crazy and all that stuff. In my position with G, is more of a I'm emceeing, I'm doing his, some of his ad-libs, I'm like, I'm hyping him up, I'm controlling playback, if you guys know what that is, so I'm controlling that, I'm DJing, I'm emceeing, I'm, I'm in the talkback, I'm telling him, telling him what song is coming up next, I'm talking to the, excuse me, the monitor guy, the front of house guy, this is happening, this is changing, this is da da da, that's just like a normal show, let's say we do a show, like say whenever we're in the west coast, a thousand motherfuckers is going to make an appearance, that's where it gets tricky. You got to have 
uh, dialogue before show, who's coming out, who's guest, who can't we not say, I got to have all the stuff ready to go, uh, program it to the computer, have it as backup on Serato. It's, it's, it gets overwhelming, dude, to be honest with you. It's a lot. It's not easy. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. Like you're almost like a stage manager, production manager, like like producing the show at the same time. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of everything. I mean, I just jumped into that position. I jumped in because if I don't feel comfortable playing certain stuff, if you're the first person, put it like this, right? If shit goes on wrong on the show, yeah, you're the first person that everybody's looking at, even in the clubs, right? You're yeah. the one that you gotta have thick skin. They're barking on you. He's yelling at you. The fuck is going on? Even though I had nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. you're the first person. Had you had any experience prior to uh, Easy to to, to uh, Jeezy doing shows and whatnot? I DJ'd um, <laughs> for another Bay uh, Bay Area rapper named Locksmith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember Locksmith. He's a battle rapper. Yeah, yeah, Locksmith. Yeah, DJ for him. For, he was on a Joe Budden tour. We did like a, a few a uh, few cities in the Northeast and a young kid named Bishop Naru. Uh, he's from New York. Got a hell of a connection <laughs> with the Bay Area. Got, got all it, these it just works out that. that way. Listen, <laughs> it just works out that way, man. And listen, with the, like I said, with the Bay Area music, I wanted to tell y'all, yeah, that was something for a New York cat. It's something I had to learn. I didn't know besides like E-40, mm-hmm. that hyphy stuff, but all the other stuff. I had to learn on as as I go. Wait, wait. So who who did you hit up to get to get like the the MP3 crate or the folder? You know what I'm saying? There was there was guys that was on tour with us. Um, mm. You know what I'm saying? That that would, that would open up for us on the Beta Universe tour. It was like uh, Jay Ant was one of the opening acts. Um, obviously, E40 went on tour with us before I DJ for him. Um, their local DJ. I was just tapping and see what it was. You know, the, there was playing and stuff like that. G would has G would tell me before show, y'all have this record ready. I'm like, I don't know this record at all. Wow, it's so crazy. Right? Yeah, so bottom line is, like, I had to learn the hyphy thing, the Bay Area music, the rappers, you know. I had to do my job, like, dig in, do homework and all that. So, wow. And, I re- and DJing in the Bay Area, you have to know their stuff in order to get locked. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you cannot go to the Bay Area and not play Bay Area records, you'll get booed. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and shout out to all the Bay Area DJs, man. I. You, you, they know who they are. They, if they're yeah. listening, nah, they, <laughs> they for sure. They're salty. They sure. They for sure. They're gonna be man. mad after this episode. Yeah, they. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> like, I thought he was from the Bay, man. But that's the funny thing. Every, when I be on tour, everybody like, yeah, yeah, you, you from the Bay, right? I'm like, nah, I'm from New York, right? When the, when I start talking, I say New York or certain, certain stuff. Like, oh yeah, you definitely from the East Coast. <laughs> I know for a fact there's so many Bay Area DJs that are angry right now. They they fucking nah, hate you. Yeah, they man. do. Nah, nah, nah. nah. They gonna might not be angry, but they definitely hating they on hate, you. Man. They hating right now. <laughs> Punching the air right now. Wait, yeah. so you're from Hot 97 though, right? You're like you were working oh. at Hot 97, right? You were doing all of this shit. You're like that's epitome of New York DJ, right? New York hip hop, all of this shit. You got to go on tour. You got to mm-hmm. go to New Orleans. Do you already know? Like, does someone pull you aside before you go on tour? That's like, yo. You got to get this music for New Orleans. When you go to Cali, you got to get this. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I interned for Enough, DJ Enough. Right. right. He was like, yo, I'm not going to teach you anything, but I'm going to have you next to me 
everywhere I go. Being around him and, and learning from him, like he said, he told me a story once that, uh, and you guys should have him on the show too, man. Um, I mean, we tried, said, we tried. D, that's D's boy. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying for three years, bro. We tried. Yeah, maybe man. maybe your influence would help that, man. Maybe yeah. get him on. Nah, he will. I'm gonna tell him about this. Chris, about get, this. get on the group chat with D. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how did you, you know, link up with Enough, though? After, like, doing the intern and doing promotions and street team at, and at stuff At Hot like 97, that. yeah, yeah. At Hot 97, yeah. So, and they hired me to do, crazy as it sounds, they hired me to do, like, video. So I was shooting videos, making, like, blog videos and stuff for their station. And I was just, my head, I just, my head was just down. I was just working, grinding. And uh, I was running around shooting uh, videos for Rosenberg, Peter Rosenberg. Me and mm. him was running all over the place, doing like everything that he needs to do. What wait, wait what year and, was this? What year was this? That'd be uh, twenty ten or so. Nah, this is before. This is like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Two thousand seven, two thousand. Oh, this is early as uh, Juan Epstein days too. Yeah, be pre Juan Epstein days. Like this is like right probably a year, maybe a year before they started all that. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, man, like I was just grinding, working, doing stuff for him, and then. You know, I guess my work came across, went through the office and people seeing that I was doing my job. And then enough, uh, I was walking to, to a station one day, enough was in on the street talking to whatever. And somebody's like a whole thousand people trying to give him CDs and stuff like that. And then he just walked off and came up to me. He's like, yo, can we work? Can we do something together? Yeah, yeah. You want, want me to get coffee or something for you? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Straight went to the intern mode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, straight up, I was like, "You want me to get coffee or something?" He's like, "No, nah, let's work, man. I, I want to, I want to build with you and all that stuff." And then uh, he put something on. <laughs> this is going back. He put something on MySpace back then, looking for an intern and this and that. And I submitted like, like it was a real job. I submitted my resume, like, "Yo, I'm here." You know what I'm saying? I'm already in house, you know. And then he just grabbed me up and he's like, "Yo, let's work. Let's do it." And then been with him ever since. So yeah, wait, wait did, did you know in your head you wanted to be a DJ, or were you interested at this time? Or I've been DJing since 1992. Mm. I always been a DJ, right? You working at Hot 97, you can't just run up in there and be like, "Yeah, I'm a DJ. Put right. me on." Not gonna happen. Yeah, they're gonna shut I have you to play down. My part. Yeah, yeah, right. Quick. So I was like, "I'll just let me just do my thing." When that time comes and I presents myself to DJ, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there was a couple of like street team events. I would just rock and be like, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, we get it now. We know why you're here. You know what I mean? Like, was you doing clubs before you um, got to Hot 97? Oh, 1000%. What spots was you doing? Greenhouse before it was Greenhouse. It was mm. called Flow or something like that. Uh -huh. Yeah. I was running, I was doing uh, Sessa. Oh my uh, gosh. Yo, I was trying to think of the name of that club, Sessa on 23rd Street, right? Yeah, so I was doing Sessa way yeah. back in the days. Uh, Sutra did a few times. I, mm -hmm. I was in, there was a cat that, um, Disco Dave, I don't know if you know who that is, from New York. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the Spanish hip hop parties, I was in that kind of market, that mm -hmm. circuit. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I was rocking those, that lane, and then wow. pursued the whole radio route, and that's where. Kind of like transition, yeah. Damn, okay. so you played your position and you were quiet about that whole shit for how many years at Hot 97 before Enough came up to you? Three years. Three years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Three years. Put in yeah. work. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. Especially not even trying to call your own number. You was just in there, just with your, like you said, with your head down, just grinding it out. Yeah. And when the opportunity yeah, I mean, presented itself, you know what I mean? I mean, there was there, there was a few uh, occasions where I got to like get on, like I said, get on the set and stuff like that. So the world was traveling. Like they, they didn't know if I, if I wanted a DJ or my, the video thing was my kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had a game plan. Listen, we all have a plan. Like, listen, I'm going to use this to get in. Right. Then I'm going to show them what I could really do. Right. And that was yeah. it. I feel like that's, that's also dope. like when you when you're like the only Asian dude in like a black or Puerto Rican neighborhood, you kind of got to always prove yourself. You can't be loud. You can get fucked up. Right. So like it's kind of <laughs> no, it's kind of like the same way I move where it's like you kind of just like play your position. You work hard, you know, mm-hmm. and then when it's the opportunity, you know, people just start respecting you and they're just like, oh, he's not, you know, he's not feeling himself. He doesn't do anything extra. And it's kind of yeah. how you got to move when you're in those neighborhoods, too. It's like, you can't really do nothing extra. You just got to, like, kind of do your thing and motherfuckers just start respecting you. Like, right, and you're right. doing your shit. Yeah. I think it's... I mean, being... Like, like I said, like you, you hit it right on the nail, man. Being Asian and, and being in DJ and hip-hop, stuff like that, there's so much... It's not like our back is against the wall, but coming from where, where I come from, it's like, I always got to prove myself. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's every day, even till now. You're just like... All right, what's next? All right, what, what other door I got to beat down and just to you know kick down or walk through that? You know what I'm saying? So and it's, it's fine. It's part of the game. It's part of the nature of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 good though, man. So like, so you hooked up with uh, enough. He, he saw your work ethic. Probably saw like, yo, this is a good dude. He's putting in his work, three years. And it, it and mm-hmm. then, so like, you became a heavy hitter. So I got so many questions about heavy hitters though. So oh yeah, because that, that that was that was a fucking goal, I think, for my generation is yeah. either get on scam or become a heavy hitter. Wait, wait, like, wait, even on know, the West Coast, you guys wanted to be heavy hitters? Yeah, well, yeah because Felly fell. Yeah, and like growing up, Power 106 was was king of radio. So and at the time, it's even still Felly Fell has been a staple. Yeah. And he always had that heavy hitter drop. But heavy hitter sucker that that should even me and Jamie was talking about earlier. He been doing yeah. that drop for fifteen plus years, so it was like, Damn. oh, what is heavy hitters? Oh, that's what you want to be like. Mm-hmm. It was always something in the back of our our generation's like, head that like a heavy hitter was like you kind of made it. You know what I mean? If you became a heavy a heavy hitter. No, I didn't know that yeah, about the sure. West Coast. That's crazy. Yeah, bro, oh, we yeah. looked up to all that shit like enough Camilo, all those guys. Like, yeah. and then yeah. Philly felt was our guy, yeah. and he was like the biggest shit during uh fucking like traffic jam hours. So you would hear that drop every time. And then the crazy thing is that I feel like heavy hitters would get the exclusive remixes all the time. So <laughs> you would hear the remixes and then at the end be like heavy hitters, yeah. sucker. Yeah. So it's a little different. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yo, it being on Hot 97, because it was the big dog Pitbulls, right? That was Funk Flex's crew, right? That was his. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big big dog Pitbulls. They, that was a record pool as well, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Was there every like there was there a little static between enough heavy hitters and big dog pitbulls or not? Was it because I know when enough was like when enough was popping, like when he was popping, popping, it was like he was coming after Flex's position a little bit. As there, because everyone's like, "Yo, I remember in New York, they were like, "Yo, man, I I like enough spinning, like I like his mixes better than Flex and all of this shit." I remember that a little bit in New York before I left for Vegas a little bit. I mean, when I was there, this is early on, I mean, it was more like there's two crews, mm-hmm. right? It's competitive. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was beef or nothing like that, but it was just like, all right, this this click and that click. So at the station, I felt like it was more clicked up kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like either you ride it with them or you ride it with us. 
You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, and then that heavy hitter, going back to the heavy hit things, that was like, that was a like a DJ go for any, you know what I'm saying? Like if you grew up listening to radio, you grew up listening to Camelo enough, you know, like you hear that stamp, be like, damn, you you see the flies, you want to be down with them. So that was like a personal goal for me. So I was like, heavy hitters all day for me, if I can get on, you know what I'm saying? So when the opportunity came to work in the intern, I was like, man, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get this stamp. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let this shit go at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But totally. being at the station. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying, but being at the station, but it, it, it was, there was no beef in my, in my eyes. It was just everybody's just competitive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was just, it's the nature of the, it's the DJ game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so how did, do you get approached to be a heavy hitter? How did you get like a letter? Does someone like, does a messenger come over and give you like an envelope? Gotta get recruited. Like you get recruited? <laughs> how does that work? Like I, I in my mind, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, you know, the gangs, when they do those, those beat downs, do they like, do you walk yeah. into a room? <laughs> you walk down the hallway, they just jump you in. Yeah, there's, there's, there's like, you walk in a room and, and like enough and fat fingers and Camillo just like beat the shit out of you. And then afterwards <laughs> they give you a hug. And they're like, yo, nah, you have nah, <laughs> the jacket on you? <laughs> Listen, from what I was told, right, for you to be a heavy hitter, this is when I was on the come up with that. Yeah. You had to be big in your own market. Mm-hmm. Right. And you had to kind of want to be down with the crew. And it's not like an agency or nothing like that. It's like literally it's a fraternity of people, of DJs that genuinely supports each other, works with each other, you know what I'm saying, helps each other out. Like, it's a real brotherhood. It's nothing like an agency, like I said before, or a company. It's like something completely different. You know, to, even to get down, you still had to do a lot of work. You had to be big in your own lane, per se. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I was all, all over the blogs, right, uh, during the blog era. So you, you figure that's like, what, 2009-ish to 2000, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I did these little viral interviews with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that that kind of was like different for from the other DJs. Everybody just wanted to rock the clubs, you know what I'm saying? And be, be oh, try to get on radio, this and that and the third. I was like, all right, let me just, let me do this, right? This is probably the good introduction to like the new wave of hip hop or the new, what's going to be popping for the next 10, 15 years to come. And sure enough, it was, you know what I'm saying? And that just stuck out to enough. And I think him seeing that work ethic and all that, and everybody else from the crew seeing that, it was like, man, then Quiz really brings something different to the table. Now he doesn't really want to be in the clubs, but he could totally rock the clubs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There was no like kind of slash blogger DJ, nothing like that. So, so you linked up with enough, and he gave you like a video camera, and then you took that video camera and you just started all these vlogs, and pretty much, and you started the what was your show? It was Quiz Knows TV. Yeah, it was Quiznos interviews, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like Quiznos TV. That was uh Was that the, the was that my, the plan that they have for you? Or did you just kind of just you that just was all my own thing. That, that was, was all my own. own thing. So what I came to enough was like, listen, you this is the beginning of the whole blog stuff. I was like, yo, E, you need a blog, right? There's no big DJs doing this. Yeah, because that's you when need- when everyone all the blogs was like popping. I think fifty cent was this when fifty cent had one and, and this is fifty funk, <laughs> yeah. funk flex, even this, funk this, flex, right? Now this, is, now, this is three years, two years before that. Mm. The only other person that was doing blogs and stuff like that in hip hop, but wasn't a DJ, was Miss Info. But mm. she's a journalist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like a DJ DJ, I was like, yo, enough. You need your own blog, bro. Like, this is where it's going. And sure enough, like the next seven years was nothing but blog this, blog that. Everybody wanted to blog, 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 blog. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then like we had some freestyles. We had like an internet radio show. 
um, called A-List Radio, right? It was just enough me and a dude named DP1. And before DP jumped on with us, we had we had freestyles from everybody, everybody, like the whole freestyle web stuff and all that. We did it before everybody. And I might be shooting myself in the foot for saying it, but I felt like we did it before everybody. Yeah, talk your we shit. Came on huh? like a, talk your shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know what I mean? Throw the X up, right? Never. Right? Yep. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> The Bronx, motherfuckers. Boogie down, motherfucker. Yeah, but so. Jamie, Jamie, you're not allowed to do that, all right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get a pass from never. I get a pass from never. I'm, I'm, I'm never's Pee Wee back in the shit. I'm the shooter. No, no. You don't, you don't see, you don't see me and never crip, crip walking or doing nothing crazy like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. You never asked. No, you never no, asked. No, no. <laughs> Did you have like one freestyle and one interview that just popped the fuck off? That just set it all off? It was the locks together. And they didn't rap or nothing like that. But it was probably one of the best interviews or just hearing them clown each other and just talk, have a like a genuine conversation with each other. It was just the most dopest thing ever and hilarious thing ever because they were clowning Jay because I think uh, Jadakus, because he just got signed to, I think that's when he signed to Hove or something at that point. And he was on, he got signed to Def Jam. Uh, right, 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 right. So, the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, something like that. But that was something that stuck out. 50 even came up to one of our videos, blog stuff, and and I was just like, I kind of geeked out a little bit. I was really dug in, like, started playing, like, real 50 mixtape shit. And then he was like, and then I was just like, yo, man, stop sucking his dick, bro. Like, he's already hit, you know? his dick. Get off his dick, bro. I was like, man, it's, it's fucking 50 cent. You know what I mean? Like, shit. But, yeah, it was, it's just a dope interview. We, we got a freestyle from J. Cole. Mm. I remember that. On. I think Asher yeah. Roth around that time too. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. some of these freestyles up on uh, World Star Hip Hop and this yeah. other J. Cole fan club I was in. Mm. But yeah, I remember those. So, so, you, so you were like the LA Leakers before the LA Leakers, right? Pretty much. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I was interested <laughs> in <Yeah>. Sour Milk. <laughs> so, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew you, that was coming. You and Enough were like just incredible in Sour Milk, right? Before the LA Leakers came out. You, Way like, before. <laughs> Here you go. No, I was waiting sure. for that. I was coming. Hot 106 versus Hot 97. <laughs> they're the same company, though. If you think yeah. about yeah, it, yeah, they're sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're same company. Same company. Only one came first, right? Is that what you're saying? Like that's <laughs> well, only I, I, one I, I, can, I can survive. Can only be one. We did it first. That's all. <laughs> all right. So we you, you, the blogs are popping. You're killing it right mm -hmm. now. Like you, you, mm -hmm. you paid your dues. Yeah. What you know enough pulls you over. What? How do you? How do you like? How does the heavy-headed thing work? How, who approaches you? DJ Wala from Jersey. He goes, "So you want to be down with us?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" He's like, "Why don't you say something?" I was like, "It's not my position to say something." You know what I'm saying? Like, so they brought me up in a meeting. And it was like, "Yeah, uh, what do you?" It's like you get voted in. In other words, uh, me, Fat Fingers, Danny S, DJ Spanky at the time he called himself Spanky, and um, DJ Nice from Jersey, we all got voted in the same time. Mm. Um, yeah, and they all brought our names up and it was like, they had a meeting somewhere and it was like, yo, yes or no? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. This person, no. Quiz? You asked me, everybody said yes, because I was already cool with everybody. So mm -hmm. when Enough made the, the announcement on radio, he was like, well, he's not new to the crew. He's been around us, but he's official now. And then it's like, you know, Quiz part of the heavier. So wow. that was a... A great moment in my life. I ain't gonna Damn. Fall. 
What, did, you, did you get a tattoo or anything? Did you did you do anything? To- <laughs> nah. <laughs> Listen, I'm Asian. My parents would still kick my ass if I get a tattoo. Oh, you got no <laughs> tattoos? For real? <laughs> Not none. <laughs> my parents are strict. So even to now, like, nah, you dead in on that. Yeah, same thing. Same thing with me, man. I, I can't do the tattoo <laughs> shit, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Wait, so what did you do to celebrate? You have you hit it? Did you get a chain? Did you get anything? Did they give you anything? Oh, we got, yeah, we got a jacket. jacket. You got yeah, the, the, the jackets. What's the Letterman jacket, right? Is it the Letterman yeah. joint? Yeah. Oh, the Letterman jacket. We got some varsity jackets. We had some like, you know. Uh, Looking like the number one draft pick over there and shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had a party, like an induction party. Uh, Khaled hosted it. Um, damn, man, this is going back to uh, 2000 something. Um, yeah. Is Khaled, a he- is Khaled a heavy hitter? Nah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Wow, that's crazy. Yo, every year it passed by, you didn't get inducted into this crew did you get like upset you're like fuck maybe next year i'll i'll tell you a god honest story right i don't think i told a handful of people when they the station put on the new wave of djs right younger guys right and i was there i was working i'm editing who who, who was the who was the djs voila spinfo young chow young chow man man yeah he's a caribbean dj okay dj young chow uh, I if, it, if that and, was Asian, I would have been like, "Yo, Young Chow." Well, he, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, never, he's, I never heard he's of Young Jamaican, Chow. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, nah, he's a big, big Caribbean DJ and a uh, DJ CeeLo. And um, I remember, like, man, I want to get that announcement. You know what I'm saying? I want to get put on. And I was just like, I want to hurt. I was like, I was happy for the guys. I was like, but I was like, man, I never stressed it. Like, yeah, I want to be down, but. In the back of my heart, I'm like, fuck, man, I should say something. I want to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I got to let it be known. I want to be down with the crew. I was just going to ask, now that you've been on and you're a vet, do you take part in the, in the voting process? When it when when it comes across my plate, yes. If they ask me and they give my, my opinion, for sure, 1,000%. I'd be like, you know, but there's, there's other people that they put down. Like, I have no clue who they are, but they're definitely, you know, legitimate in their own right. But just, mm-hmm. you know, like from other states and other cities and stuff like that. But if they come across me and they ask you a question about a DJ and I'm cool with that, you know? I, I picture like a conference room, right? And motherfuckers <laughs> with cigars and, and cognac and like enough <laughs> and enough at, at the end of the table with like a gavel or something, right? You know, we got the new recruits and everyone's smoking their cigars and, and they're fi- trying to figure it out. It's not like that though. It's not, it's not G like that. I mean, I'll let some suspicion be out there, but yeah. that, I'll keep it at that. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are these motherfuckers like me eating in front of a bodega, like sharing a chopped cheese <laughs> <laughs> and figuring that shit out over there? I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, it, 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 but it is a voting process, though. You know what I mean? You got to get voted in. For yeah, sure. yeah. I've always wondered, like heavy hitters, because I would, I was like, is it a management company? Is it a crew? Or do they do bookings? Like, and it, is it like if you join the heavy hitters, what are the benefits? Like. Outside of being part of this crew, are there resources? Is, is there things that, like, you know, like, do you get hooked up or, like, do you get looked at? Like, you know, I was just wondering what are the, the kind of benefits of, of joining the heavy hitter? Things did change for sure once I got the stamp. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's like, uh, it's like, like you said, it's like joining a fraternity, right? You have access to stuff. You get information. You, you kind of, you know, you kind of moved up and leveled up, in other words. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like. There's there are some perks. It's not a management company for sure, you know. It's nothing like that. It's really a fraternity. Like you're it's a bunch of brotherhood, sisterhood that just comes together, to help each other out. You know what I'm saying? Like, Stop. trust me, I had to work harder to maintain 
the stuff that I was doing, it wasn't coming on my plate. You know what I'm saying? Like getting a stamp wasn't going to give you a thousand dollars a week or nothing like that. You, it wasn't guaranteed gig. You still had to go out and do work and still grind even harder. But being on heavy headers, did that help you get gigs? Yeah, for sure. It, it, I was considered more in conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's still like if I would have if I would have flopped, you know what I'm saying? You still got to be nice. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would if I would have got a gig and I flopped, then it was like, I will that's it, done. Move mm-hmm. on to the next gig. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But it's just like like I said before, it's just fraternity, you get access to stuff, man. It's a group genuine relationship with a bunch of people that just supports each other, man, front and back. Yeah, I, I saw Quiz in Vegas when he you was uh you was uh there with G Easy. Jamie was there, right? Yeah, I was I was I was oh, yeah, to be yeah, there. Yeah. It was at, at uh Zook. at Zook, Zook in Resorts yeah. World, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like yo, like um, like you know, shout to Get Live. You got a great mic voice. Like you was on the mic, you sounded great, man. And you did like an opening that. did like an opening set, uh like to hype up the crowd and Jeezy came. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when I think of Jeezy, I, I just don't I don't remember all the like pop hits. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. But then, like when you when he starts performing those pop hits, it's like it go, it goes crazy. Like, and I'm just like, wow, I didn't know. You know, there's all these like, like the whole crowd <laughs> is like, it's you know, the club's very mainstream, so they're like, they're singing the whole shit. And yeah. he, he doesn't do a short show. He doesn't do like three songs and get off. That motherfucker does nah. like 40 minutes or something, right? It's, it's a pretty yeah. long show. That's the. I mean, he's dope as an artist, bro. Like, he really wants to give you know his fans like there's money their money was worth you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. they ain't no shortcutting with this dude man like he gives you the full the full thing man like if he does a let's say he does do a, a 15 minute show it's a hard 15 minute show like it just hits and anthems he goes in and like you know on tour he'll jump on the crowd and do all that crazy shit man like it's a rock star man are you programming that shit with him or how does that work so i mean Yes, you know, like I said, there's dialogue before, you know what I'm saying, uh, what to expect and all that. Like all right that before stuff. the show or like how does that happen? No, nah, we will have like uh, green rooms and maybe, listen, before any tour, everybody like we will rehearse for like two, three weeks in advance. Mm. Like tech rehearsal with the lighting time code and all that. Um, and then is the actual performance, di- you know, dial in and like, you know, steps and routines and, you know figuring out where my set is and whatever the case is, you know what I'm saying? So it's like three weeks or four weeks of preparation before the first show even starts. You know what I'm saying? Even with the a nightclub performance, whatever the case be, um, with the whole Zook thing, we, we still like practice, uh, rehearse like at least a week and a half before. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you got to be spot on, man, when you come to touring and doing these shows. But that, that's so a- I got a question. How does that work? It's like you being in New York and he being in, uh, in the Bay, do you have to fly out to the Bay Ahead of time and rehearse, or does he come to New York, or how does that yeah, work? Where, yeah, wherever the rehearsal spot is, you know, the, his drum is in New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. His keyboard's from the South. Uh, I'm from New York, so we all fly in together, uh, like two, three weeks at it, you know, before before anything happens. You know, what I'm saying uh-huh. he comes like in the last week, whatever, to finalize yeah. and you know fix everything. But it, like, yeah, there's not a lot of artists that do that shit, right? I feel like when I see a lot of live acts. I don't see that preparation. Like when I was watching you and G Easy, I saw that shit. Like I saw the the mic work, the crowd work, the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw that, but th- it, it doesn't happen as much anymore, right? That's rare. Like I feel like when I see other live acts, they're just hopping on and they're just kind of letting the DJ kind of dictate 
like where where like where the energy goes and all of that shit. Is, is that more typical? Yes and no. I mean, for, I think for us now, it's it's uh it's still eighty percent him. You know what I'm saying? Saying what he wants, and I'll, I'll give my twenty percent of what mm. you know might work. You know what I'm saying? But before that, it was just like one hundred percent him. This is what he wants. This is what I want. This is what time. This is the the like he's he's the type of artist like him and Wiz are probably the two guys that tours like that. I don't think anybody else toured like the way they do. They changed the game of touring. You know what I'm saying? Really? Like, can you wait? Yeah. Can you explain a little more? Um, like they, they go for long periods of time and the business behind it. I still don't know for how it generally all works, but like the way they have a lineup between the merch and the, this and the, that, you know what I'm saying? Like the deals that they create, whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? Like, like at least, like I said, been on the road since 2013. We didn't really slow up until pandemic. Oh shit! Think about that. So y'all had a seven year run where just nonstop touring. Nonstop, yeah. It would be the states, then it would be the amphitheaters, then it'd be overseas. You know what I'm saying? Then it would be like overseas, me in Europe. Then we'll go uh, after that to come back home. Then we go to like Australia, New Zealand, run Hawaii and all that. So it's just like a full circle mm-hmm. over, over, over and over again. So when the pandemic hit, were you like kind of relieved? Did you get like a break that you kind of wanted or? Yes and no. Cause like the, well, my son was born. My first son was born in 2017 mm. and that was one of our busiest years. So like 70% of the year I missed his life. Wow. Oh shit. So like, you know, like I was like, damn. And then when my son, my, my second son was born like pre pandemic, like December. So that year of 2020, I saw everything from the ground up and I was like, man, I missed a lot the first year wow, of my life. That's crazy. Life. Was that kind yeah. of like a mind fuck though, a little bit? Like big mind fuck. I mean, like, you know, but it's part of the job though. So like let's say, like, if this is your livelihood, you gotta somehow meant like block it out. Yeah. As a parent, you was like, yo, I gotta block this shit out. If not, I'm gonna fucking be fucking depressed right before show starts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, you know. But that's uh-huh. part of the game. You know what I mean? It's part of your job. So realizing all the time that's that you could have spent with your first first son right and then mm. the pandemic does that make you move differently like afterwards or not it's just like yes and no i mean i it makes me appreciate the time i do have at home so i i really be that stay at home dad when i'm home you know what i'm saying taking the kid to school taking them to karate to swim class and do all that daddy duty stuff because i know like when that time comes i'll be out on the road for like months at a time so it made you like appreciate that shit more yeah, 1,000%. Yeah. 1,000%. No, I was just going to ask, Um, you said 2017 was one of the busiest years for you. Was that because that's the year that No Limit came out? And then also, when that song came out, how much did it change things for you guys? The so- show changed us. I mean, especially with uh, the birth of Cardi B, the explosion of Cardi B. I yeah. mean, that just took mm-hmm. us like, it, that. Al- I mean, not, not saying because of her, but like that alone was like, that record was so impactful for radio, clubs, like everything. You know what I'm saying? That definitely for sure changed so, I mean, I was just glad to be a part of that wave shit. <laughs> yeah. So, I got a question. Why was Funkmaster Flex dissing Jeezy? Man, I have no clue, brother. <laughs> like, he was calling yeah. my saying that he wasn't a real rapper, that he was... I can't speak for Flex, man. Flex is Flex, man. <laughs> Flex, is the, Flex is the God. Ain't nobody... You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> How did that make you feel? Even, when I didn't even on, know that happened. Yeah. yeah. How did that make you feel when you was on the station, though? Like dealing with like hearing that shit. When well, 
when that happened, I wasn't really employed by the station. I was still affiliated, obviously. I'm still oh, today. Okay. I'm still affiliated, but it, it sucks. I mean, but you know, what are you gonna say? Like, you know, I did, I did what what I had to do. I'm like, yo, come on, you know, I, the station played their records. I pushed it. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. one man's views against another. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. So right. you had to pull Flex aside and just talk to him a little bit, like nah. I, I never, I never pull Flex over. <laughs> You're crazy. Well, enough, pull him to the side. Be like, yo. Not even that, dude. Like I, with like the he- with the heavy hitters with the jacket. <laughs> yo, Flex, let me talk to you for a second. Let me talk to you. Let's talk. <laughs> nah, I mean, it was, I mean that's Flex, man. You, that's the goat, man. What you can't, what you can say, like, <laughs> that's what he wants. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when did the, when did the show start again for you guys? It was at the top uh, of 2021 or summer 2020. You guys were doing shows here and there in certain cities. So 2020, we were doing we were doing like virtual stuff. 2021, that's when we started doing like like mid year. That's when stuff started opening up. Oh wait, so 2020, you doing virtual shit? Yeah, we did like we did a few virtual shows. Oh wow, Kirk, I think yeah. I think that Zook performance was the first time he performed again yeah so that week uh, like like that i think may-ish that's when we started doing live shows again as far as like appearances and stuff in 2021 wow yeah in 2021 so it was like a good damn near it was a year and a half before if before anything yeah so were you streaming and shit too uh in 2020 yeah, I was doing the whole Twitch yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I was doing, I, I kind of miss it, to be honest with you. That shit really? was fun. As, yeah. He was, he was doing like five five days a week, right? I was doing five days a week. Yeah. You know what it is? It was fun because I was playing stuff that I normally don't get to play. Mm-hmm. And there were people that were appreciating it and loving it. So I was like, man, this is dope. But it, it kind of fucked me up a little bit because I went too deep with the old stuff and the stuff that I really want to play. I totally forgot about the new shit. So I was like extra homework I got to do now for the for the all the new stuff that came out and get familiar with that you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but twitch mm-hmm. was fucking amazing in 2020 it was awesome do you do it yeah. do you still do it once in a while or no no uh nah i try to get <laughs> like once in a blue moon here and there but yeah is it just time time constraints you just don't even have the time for it yeah especially now my youngest son is two that motherfucker takes all the time yeah, yeah, it's you know rough. It's rough when you got a family. You got to make choices like that, right? If it's not financially profitable for you, like on a, on a on a large level, then it's like you can't really. It's like I just spend time with my family, or I try to build this thing and see where it goes. But then, you know, do, do you well, see it I'm, like that way or no? Yeah, I mean, no. For the most part, I got I got to make smart decisions because I have a family. But yeah, also do things that's mentally needed for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never really. Uh, at first it was like I never thought about the money or thought about DJing for people it was just DJing for fun you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like we, we we was all in a basement or built in our bedroom just doing it for fun you know so like sometimes if it's Twitch ain't paying sometimes you just gotta do it because it's just fun you know what I mean if you DJ gotta be fun put it like that you know what I'm saying if, you, if you're doing it and you're not having fun with it bro time to think about something else yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean I hope y'all agree with what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I totally, man. Yeah. One thousand. <laughs> no, I I do agree with it, but I also think like um, like I sometimes think if I had a family, I would move way differently because because I, I take more chances with like projects or shit that mm-hmm. may not be that my, I might not have a financial interest in or like I don't know if it's gonna I'm gonna get a return on it. 
So like if I had a family though, I don't know if I would take those risks where I'm like, yeah, let me devote so many, this many hours a week or a month into something and not see a return in like six months or a year. Like it's one of those things where if I had a family and a wife, like, I don't know if I would be able to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, no, I agree with you. I I totally agree with what you're saying, but you also, these days you got to be smart, right? As I say, you do you take on a new venture that's not gonna bring bring in money. Mm-hmm. So what do you do, right? The stuff that you did before, hopefully you save some money that to allow you to do all the new stuff that you were doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot. I mean, what 2020 what they exposed was a lot of DJ wasn't saving their money. Right. A lot of DJs were hurt. Like you could DJ four or five nights a week and not have any savings. That's kind of crazy. You got to think about that. So. Going back to what you're saying, yes and no. You know what I mean? You, you can, you could, if you're in the right place and pocket. Right. It, it's funny, in 2020, right, like with all the DJs that did Twitch, did you see that that shit that came out um, with, like, everyone, like, uh, they were showing, like, all the DJs and what they made on Twitch? How, how much was the highest one? I'm curious now. It was Franzen. Franzen was the highest, and he made, like, 400K in, like, a... Woo! In like a two, yeah. I think it was like a year and a half or two year span. It was basically a year and a half. I think yeah. that was a. Oh, how about this? I thought that was a year. No, nah, no, nah, it's Damn. like it's like a year. I mean, either way, a year, year and a half. It's it's four hundred thousand. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah, same. Damn. And I think then, I, I think it was like NGV at like hundred ninety k. Yeah. It was like Bella Fiasco at hundred sixty. Like Four Color Zach at hundred thirty k. It was um. I was actually shocked. Like Scratch Bassett was like eighty nine k or something. I thought Scratch Bassett would have been like in the six figures the- for sure. <laughs> yeah, I thought he'd be up there like with Franzen. Yeah, and I didn't even see yeah. Jazzy Jeff. I mean, Jazzy Jeff, I thought would have been six figures for sure. But I don't. Maybe it didn't show everything. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. but yeah, Man, I mean, 80, they, 80, 80, 89,000 is still good, Crooked Arm. Shout out to the homie E. This. He did 88,000. Yeah, 88,000. Yeah, there was, a, yeah. Like, there was a bunch of DJs' names that I don't even know. You know, shout out to my boy Flips in, um, in D.C. too. Like, he did like yeah, a good number. He did a good-ass number. He was like, I think it was in the 100 that I think he hit six figures and shit. He, he broke oh, yeah. 100,000. Yeah. yeah, he broke 100,000. So, like, I was talking to a homie of mine, and I was like, like that when I saw the hundred Ks and all that, I was like, man, even even still, that still doesn't motivate me to go on Twitch, man. Even with a hundred thousand or the hundred fifty, half a million, like four hundred thousand, I'm like, yo, do it. I know, but I know friends that did that shit like every fucking day. Like, you want to go yeah. on there for a hundred thousand dollars a year? Nah, like it's so much work though, man. To me, it's just too much. To me, there's there's the other shit that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um. That I would enjoy more than than doing Twitch right. for the hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I get that. Because it was like yeah, you, it was insufferable. F- like when I would DJ, like it was just insufferable, man. Like I'd rather DJ for ten hours in front of a crowd or like twenty people than like DJ for mm. eighty or hundred people on Twitch. I don't. I just didn't enjoy it. And you think about man. the level of de- dedication Franzen had too, because I, I forgot how many consecutive days he did. And then even when we opened back up, he was streaming live from his gigs. Yeah, I mean, his, he was so diligent about that shit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just every day. I think he... he so, I mean, sometimes he would do it twice a day. Yeah. He'd do the right, morning right. and then night. Dude, sometimes he didn't even get off. he just play the playlist. 
<laughs> that shit was crazy. <laughs> he was like, yo, let me go take my lunch break and he just play mm-hmm. shit. And it's just an empty room. And he was smoking like like 12 blunts an hour. Like he was. Dude, he was crazy. He had Drake in there some days. It was crazy. Wow, wow. He just sparking blood. Yeah, Drake must have tipped him like 100K. 100, like, like out of the 400, 100K must have been Drake. Just <laughs> sending him half a million bits. I don't know how much that shit adds up to. Does that make you want to go back to Twitch? Like, damn, man. Maybe I should grind that shit out. Uh. I mean, he knows money. Don't want <laughs> You don't want to, but I don't know. Those money makes <laughs> Any DJ when he hear that numbers. What? Question's like, man, I don't know. <laughs> Forget sorry. the kids, man. I, <laughs> wife got to take care of the kids. I'm I'm going on Twitch. Actually, yeah, I, sorry, G Easy, I can't make it, bro. You, you start bringing the kids in, and you start making more money. I feel like you know that's man. when you let the kids run around and shit. <laughs> nah, send, send the biddies for the kids, man. Let's feed these kids. I, I try to do that with my son. He took down everything. He took down the screen in the back once. Fucking green screen, bro. <laughs> it's like, all right, you're done, kid. Go to sleep. <laughs> Is it? It feels good to be like, uh, like touring and and being out there again. And yeah, I mean, I, I, the schedule. I mean, I'll be, be honest with y'all. I mean, the schedule's slowly getting back to it now. Right. I mean, so. I mean, even with my personal stuff and clubs and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm just happy the world is back somewhat to normal. I'm glad that us DJs could be working again and, you know, in real life and, you know, being with the people and stuff, man, because, uh, yeah. So, like, how does it feel? Like, uh, you just, you were on Scam Artists. And then I was. And then you left. Yeah. And then you now you're on Three Day Weekend, right? Correct, yeah. With uh, E-Rock and Justin Zotz. And yeah. I think Marco Pinta's in there, right? Yeah. So how how was that with Three Day Weekend? Three Day Weekend is cool. I mean, I think it's like any other agency that I've been with. Um, well, how many you know, agency have you been with? Only two, to be honest with you. I'm still new to this whole agency thing. Like, Scam was the first one. Wait, when did you um, join Scam? 2019. Nah, it was like 18. 18, that right. Like you said, that. we just talked about it earlier when you first yeah, DJed yeah. at Light. Mm. Yeah. When I was first started DJing, I wasn't with the... Uh, scam yet? It wasn't until late 2018, maybe 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's when I, when uh, I got down. Wait, how did you join um, Scam? Did he did you, did Sujit approach you or what was that? I, I mean, I approached Sujit. I mean, I was still I was still new to that whole agency stuff. I would see how like if Sujit could bring work, whatever the case is. I'm, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, I, how they handle all that stuff is beautiful. I mean, doing that shit on my own, you had to call, you know. The, whatever the buyer and stay on top. I got to write invoices and all that other stuff. I mean, having an agent that really helps out a lot. You know, oh, wow. it so saves you, me. So you got yourself into into Las Vegas at light on your own, pretty much, right? Not on my own, but you know, through like uh, my manager RJ and um, shouts to E Rock. He was a big you know influence in that, and uh, obviously the whole G thing helped. And my boy Solomon, um, the old collectively you know came in little by little i just mm. you know i mean the grace of god that happened and i was geeked to do like the first time and i was like shit man vegas finally <laughs> you know what i mean like wait so what okay. made you leave scam artists and go to three-day weekend i just felt personally it was just a, a better business move to go with three-day weekend it was nothing nothing against scam or suja nothing like that was it was it uh, your loyalty and allegiance to e-rock to join three day weekend, <laughs> I don't <laughs> took you long enough like, to laugh, Quiz. Jesus yeah, Christ! No, I, 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 listen, I, I knew this was coming. I, listen, uh, 
E-Rock it was kind of the influence to that too. But uh, like, like I said, there's nothing I can say bad about Suja. He's probably one of the best in the game. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But I just felt personally, uh, you know, three day week would probably benefit me more. Shouts to Zots. I mean, he's. I love Justin you know, Zots. Yeah, I love. Yeah. He's a good dude. Good, good dude. It's good yep. to work with so, like a New York motherfucker too. Like he has that East Coast New York vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm still like I'm still kind of new to this whole agency. They'll probably be like three years with this already. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, taking 2020 out the picture. So like you guys probably been with this agency longer stuff longer than I have, but I just like for the fact that they handle, you know, the agents handle a lot. And I could just focus on DJing and the music and yeah. just doing what I need to do. And the agents just do everything else. But at the same time, like Never, you could say, and you guys go attest to this. We still got to do most of our work ourselves, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm, You're not going to rely to one agent or or agency. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't sell anything if they got nothing to sell. So yeah, but what made you want to join an agency? At what point were you like, this is a turning point? I got to go to an agency. Between touring, traveling a lot, and you know, doing everything myself, I felt like all right, if the club bookings could be helped by an agent or agency. It will alleviate, like I said, more time for me to do other stuff and worry about just, you know, the immediate stuff in hand for myself. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was trying it out. Because, like I said, writing out the invoice and doing those emails and, you know, all that stuff was just like, right, all right, right. I got to do that and still do go on tour and still write checks out for school, for family and all that stuff. So that like keep track of everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Other than that, I mean, I think that it sure does help an agency for sure. I mean, for any DJs that's asking right now, like agency, yes, does help. But you got to give them something to work with. If you ain't doing nothing, you know what I mean? Ain't nothing to do. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing to sell. So, I mean, it'll really, like I said, it really starts on the DJ first to really get stuff going. You know what I'm saying? Kind of have like, you got to have like a base. Right? Mm-hmm. Once your base is all set up and you... You're functioning, you're good, and then I, if it's agency can help, by all means, yes, for sure. But let's be clear. If you don't have all that ready to go, I mean, you guys could agree. You don't need an agency. Mm. You just got to get back to work, put your head down and grind, and you know what I'm saying? Until you get to a point where you can't manage everything, and that's when somebody could come in and help out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So what's your plan for the rest of this year? You got more shows? You're going to be coming to Vegas? Yeah, we are. They just, Zook just announced a whole bunch of new dates with G. So that's coming up. Um, touring stuff. Hopefully that would just more dates will be added to the calendar. I don't think anything is set in stone that I could announce yet or talk about. Um, hit the road club party, you know, with my friends and family, my brothers, you know, you guys when I'm in Vegas or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Do normal shit that DJ does. You know what I'm saying? Like DJs. Do. Well, we'll be out here, man. So when you come to Vegas, hit us up. Definitely, man. Please, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And whatnot. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on, boss? There we go. Yeah. Is there anything? Hope I was entertaining, man. Yeah, yeah. I feel no. I feel I feel like Jeezy's like this far away from getting a sex tape out because all these rappers and all these motherfuckers got sex tapes out now. <laughs> Let us know. Give know, us the man. scoop, man. Give us the scoop. Let us if, know. He is the he's the ladies' man, so I, I'm not, I wouldn't. He's a Gemini, that. bro. <laughs> you know how we do. Quiz gonna be holding the camera. He's gonna get his. <laughs> 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 
Take it back to enough. <laughs> like, this is this your brain up, guys. Heavy hitters, <laughs> suckers. Uh, <laughs> easy walks into the room. <laughs> Man, you gotta um, love this podcast, dog. <laughs> I mean, shit, if Nelly could have one pop up out of nowhere, man. Oh, yeah, Nelly just got his out yesterday. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Nelly, crazy. Yeah. Uh, Little Somebody Fizz. Somebody else got one out also. Little Fizz, right? I don't Little Fizz? Yeah. Bro? Yeah. I don't know. It's a mess, little, bro. Little, uh, pause. Pause on Little Fizz. Little Fizz. Yeah. Oh, little man. Fizz got one. Shit <laughs> <laughs> is crazy. All right, man. We're going to end it. <laughs> on that note, we're going to end it. And on, on sex tapes. On, yeah, sex tapes. On that note. We're, we're never going to make it on heavy hitters now, Cricket. You just fucked nah, it up. Man. Nah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'd never be a heavy hitter, for real. Road Podcast could have had a chance to this moment. Never, that would have never have happened. <laughs> Next year, we get inducted. I, I do I do want Camillo. I, there's a bunch of heavy hitters I want on here. Camillo. Camillo's Camillo. like, fuck, I want That'll Camillo on here. Enough. 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 Yeah. Enough has curved us like I don't know, like eight times already. Wow, for real. And you, and once, yo, w- once in New York too. Yo, quiz, Bruh. quiz. I'm telling you, D Miles. When we, when he's the first. <laughs> so wait, wait. Yeah. Like, what Explain. Was this? Break this down. Break this down. Twenty eight. Twenty nineteen. Three years oh ago. My God, three years ago, we talking like, yo, we're gonna go to New York. You know what DJs are we gonna get? We having a meeting. It's like the heavy hitters meeting. You know what I'm saying? We in a we in a conference room. <laughs> We talking, you know, which DJs are we going to get when we go to New York for this podcast? Yeah. And then D was like, yo, I'm going to hit up my boy Enough. And I was like, I looked at him like, you know Enough like that? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit him up. Man, this egg on my face, bro. I thought we was, I thought we was spam, bro. Oh, man. No, but you know what? No, I, I ain't even gonna. I ain't even gonna make no excuses, bro. He just curved me. He just curved me. Yeah. Curved, curved yeah. He was just like. That's okay, D. Yeah, I was this hurt. Is not- Listen, you got, that man has a thousand and three things on his plate every single day, yeah, bro. I can imagine. So, you know what I mean, like. And and D Miles was a thousand and four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, may, maybe with your influence, man, we might be able to get him on, bro. Yeah. Nah, for sure. I'm gonna talk you know to the guys about this, man. This not. This is like I said, man. From the beginning, it's a great platform, man. You guys. Really do your homework, man, and ask the right questions, bro. It's very informative, man. Any DJ, like I said, man, y'all should really tune into this. This is good for the DJ culture for sure. Thank, oh, you, man. Bro. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Yo, quiz. <laughs> on that note, we got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on the heavy hitter train, bro. Good job, Craig. Shout, shout out to all my Cambodians in the BX. Thank you, man. Quiz, for coming through, man. Appreciate it, brother. Thank Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate y'all, man. Hell yeah. Vance fam, yo. <laughs> Don't do it, Jamie. Don't do the X. <laughs> Don't worry, Jamie. You got the pass. You can do it all day. Don't bro. do it, yo, Quiz. Don't do that. Don't do that either. Quiz, don't do that. I got that. the pass. You hate it because you from... You from the Manhattan. I'm from the Bronx now. Don't do that. Don't do that. He's Tremont Street. I mean, <laughs> all right, y'all. We out. Peace. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms, and every Thursday the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, YouTube.com/RoadPodcast, and to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit YouTube.com/DJCity. And we'll see you next Wednesday.